so we're, we're talking about the principles behind tithing and that is what we're going to explore tonight and uh, we trust God to not just open our eyes but also to help us to make certain decisions by the time this Bible study is over certain decisions that will impact on our lives um, in a very positive way forever okay so let's um, let's start from let's start our reading from Deuteronomy let's let's read about the tithe Deuteronomy chapter 14 Deuteronomy chapter 14 from verse 22 Deuteronomy 14 from verse 22 it says be sure I'm, I'm reading from the NIV Deuteronomy 14 22 it says be sure to set aside a tenth of all that your fields produce each year eat the tithe okay that's 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 my favorite part okay it says eat the tithe so we are to eat the tithe <laughs> just that we are to eat it uh, at, at a certain you know location but that's not our emphasis tonight it says eat the tithe of your grain new wine and olive oil and the firstborn of your herds and flocks in the presence of the Lord your God at the place he will choose as a dwelling place for his name so that you may learn to revere the Lord your God always but if that place is too distant and you have been blessed by the Lord your God you, and you cannot carry your tithe because the place where the Lord will choose to put his name is too far away then exchange your tithe for silver and take the silver with you and go to the place the Lord your God will choose use the silver to buy whatever you like cattle sheep wine or other fermented drink or anything you wish then you and your household please take note of household all right you and your household shall eat therein there in the presence of the Lord your God and rejoice and do not neglect the Levites living in your towns for they have no allotment or inheritance of their own so take note it says you and your household and then it says do not neglect the Levites so if you are taking the notes you can write number one household number two Levites okay it says uh, and verse 28 says at the end of every three years bring all the tithes of that year's produce and store it in your towns so that the Levites who have no allotment or inheritance of their own and the foreigners so number three right foreigners number three right foreigners it says the foreigners the fatherless and the widows so um, on that fatherless, fatherless and widows just group it into the poor okay just group it into the poor uh, fatherless and widows but you can put a bracket beside the poor uh, the foreigners, the fatherless, and the widows who live in your towns may come and eat and be satisfied, and so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the works of your hands. Now let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 26. Deuteronomy chapter 26 from verse 12. It says, when you have finished setting aside a tenth of all your produce in the third year, 
the year of the tithe. You shall give it to the Levite, the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow. So you see again the Levite, the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow, so that they may eat in your towns and be satisfied. Then say you to the Lord your God, I have removed from my house the sacred portion and have given it to the Levite, the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow, according to all your com all your commandment, co all you commanded, sorry. I have not turned aside from your commands, nor have I forgotten any of them. I have not eaten any of the sacred portion while I was in mourning, nor have I removed any of it while I was unclean, nor have I offered any of it to the dead. I have obeyed the Lord my God. I have done everything you commanded me. Look down from heaven, your holy dwelling place, and bless your people, Israel, and the land you have given us as you promised an oath to our ancestors, a land flowing with milk and honey. Okay. So anyway, I read all of this just to highlight a few things. That the purpose of the tithe, okay, under the law, uh, the, 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 there's no purpose of the tithe before the law, like uh, like I explained last week. Abraham gave the tithe voluntarily, so there was no purpose for it. Uh, the, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 14 and verse 18 that Melchizedek, when Abraham returned from the slaughter of the uh, of, of the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah, Melchizedek met him on the way. Melchizedek gave him bread and wine. Now I know. I know in our minds we are thinking he gave him a loaf of bread and a bottle of wine but you need to think of it this way Abraham had just returned from battle so basically what Melchizedek did was he fed Abraham and his troops okay get the picture he fed Abraham and his troops he gave them he gave Abraham bread and wine it was literal feeding bread and wine okay so he gave Abraham bread and wine and he blessed Abraham saying, blessed be Abraham of the Most High God and blessed be God who has, you know, uh, delivered you from your enemies. And then Abraham gave him a tenth of the spoils of that battle. Abraham did not give Melchizedek a tenth of everything in his house. He gave Melchizedek a tenth of the spoils of war. And he did this after Melchizedek had blessed him and had fed him and his men okay so get the picture melchizedek fed abraham and his troops prayed over abraham and abraham gave him an offering that is it's important that we have that picture okay so there, there is no uh how do i put it uh there was no reason per se from god abraham did it on his own accord to honor the man of god that had been a blessing to Okay, we'll get more into that later. Now, so when it came into the law, God gave specific instructions about the tithe. The first year he said eat. The second year he said eat. Okay, all of these times he said don't forget the widows, don't forget the orphans, don't forget the strangers, don't forget uh, uh, the, the priests, the Levites. Okay, and it's because these people did not have an inheritance in Israel. So in other words, these people were at, at a disadvantage, you can put it that way. These people were at a disadvantage and if they did not receive from the tithes, they were going to be stranded, okay? Now, this is God trying to show us something and it's very clear over and over again when we read when we read the, the Torah or the, the, 
the law, the, 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 the five books of Moses. Okay, we see over and over again, God was very specific. And then if we remember in Malachi chapter 3, okay, let's look at Malachi chapter 3. I'm sure everybody in the body of Christ knows that scripture. Malachi chapter 3 from verse 8. It says, Will a man mortal rob God, yet you rob me? But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings, you are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Why? That there may be food in my house. That there may be food. It's very literal. That there may be food in my house. And why, why was it important for food to be in the house of God? Because the Levites and their families had to eat from it. The stranger had to eat from it. The widows and the orphans had to eat from it. If you remember in 1 Samuel chapter 21, David went to the town of Nob and he went and met a priest, Ahimelech, and he told him, I need food for me and my men. Okay, so this was this was kind of a common practice. And, and, and the priest told him, you know, um, I don't have any food apart from the sanctified bread for the priest. But because it is you, you are the giant killer, you know. As long as you guys have not slept with women for, for three days, you are sanctified enough. I can give you the bread, okay. And Jesus even made reference to that. Okay, so, so it, it was more like a common practice for people that were stranded to go to the temple or to go to the priests to get something to eat and so because of this it was very 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 important to god that there be food in his house because uh, the lack of food meant that uh the levites were stranded uh the the widows and the orphans would be stranded and the strangers also would be stranded okay somebody said uh, what i was taught was that it wasn't literal food saying that god doesn't eat physical food uh so it's for extra <laughs> well the, the truth is let's take the bible as it is one of the first rules of bible interpretation is that we take everything literally when it doesn't make sense literally only then do we now consider um figurative uh, you know figurative meanings but yeah, that scripture is as literal as it can be check your hebrew dictionary it says that there may be meat in my house and other translation says that there may be food in my house and if you remember the scriptures that we have read from deuteronomy you will understand that it was literal food from the crop from the wine from the from the oil okay god wanted food in his house and the food was not for god to eat but for his priests to eat for the strangers to eat for widows and orphans or the poor people to eat now, why is this important? Uh, last week, we, we looked into how and why the body of Christ is not compelled to tithe because there is no law. Jesus did not talk about tithing in the sense of us needing to tithe. Okay, so basically the principle behind tithing, there are two major principles behind, behind tithing. The first one is honor to God. I'm going to look into that. Honor to God. The second one is kindness towards men. Now, the thing is, you need to understand that man by default is selfish. Very, very selfish. And so, God said, you have to honor me with this. That's number one. Number two, I know that 
your nature is selfish and there are going to be people that will be stranded around you so i am going to have to put ordinances to make sure that you take care of them okay so god put laws to make man do good in the old testament god put laws he had to put laws to make man do good because man's fallen nature is very selfish the bible says that the heart of man that's the spirit of man is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things who can know it okay so the heart of man is not by default good it's important that we know this okay but under the new covenant the bible says in ezekiel chapter 36 from verse 25 it says that i'll sprinkle clean water upon you uh, and i will give you a new heart i will take away the heart of stone and give you the heart of flesh and it goes on to say that you will no longer need somebody to teach you my laws or to instruct you to tell you do this don't do this do that don't do that okay but because of this new heart that i am giving you the law my laws are going to be written in your heart and that is where we are as believers it's key that we get the difference under the old covenant god had to tell them word for word what to do and what not to do but under the new covenant we have the spirit of god in us and the spirit of god tells us what to do okay so uh let's let's continue so uh the, the word honor i said the principle behind tithe is primarily honor the word honor interestingly is from the <laughs> is from the hebrew word kabad k-a-b-a-d which is the root word for kabod the word glory and the word glory means weight or wealth or abundance okay uh the word honor in the greek is from the greek word timao which means to prize that's p-r-i-z-e or to fix a valuation on okay uh, the word honor the word honor means uh is from the greek word timao which means to prize or to place a valuation on so it means honor is how you value something so if you say you honor a thing or you honor a person uh it is it is a level of value that you have placed on that thing and this value is reflected in actions and not just words okay these days it has become a trend people say i honor you sir i honor you my hero and i you know i we have we have uh, switched the word respect for honor okay um it's okay to admire people it's okay to respect people but you you don't honor people with with compliments say, i honor you sir i honor you man no honor is in actions honor is in actions and we're going to we're going to go through the bible and i'm just trying to you know uh, lay a foundation for some of the things that we're going to be looking at this evening so honor is an expression of value and uh honor is not in words but in actions proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9 says honor the lord with what your substance and with the first fruit of your increase so honor the lord not with your utterance with your substance okay so it's not enough to say oh lord i honor you i no 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 no. the way you show god that you honor him is by releasing your substance and with the first fruit 
of your increase. Malachi chapter 1 and verse 6 to 8, God was lamenting to the children of Israel. He said, The son honoreth his father, and the servant feareth his master. If I therefore be a father, where is my honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? And he was basically complaining that these people were bringing very useless offerings. They were bringing blind goats and, and lame cows, you know, as offering. And, and, and so honor is actually expressed in actions. He said, these people honor me with their mouths, but their hearts are far away from me. So so a lot of times people say, I honor this man of God, I honor this man of God. No, it's not just enough to say you honor. Honor is action. It is not in words. Having said that, under the old covenant, there were different kinds of sacrifices. And so people would literally give to God. Okay? Apart from what they gave to God through men, people could literally give to God. The Bible says that Solomon made a thousand bond offerings. And, you know, the Bible says that it was a sweet-smelling aroma, you know, to God. So people could literally give to God. But we are not like that in the new, under the new covenant. We cannot give to God directly. It doesn't matter how you, you know, you can't go and burn a goat now and say, I'm doing a bond offering. You're wasting your time. Okay? So God has created a system that any honor that we uh that we're going to how, what, what word do i use we honor him through men let me put it down okay this is important we honor god under the new covenant we honor god through men under the old covenant they had the part of honoring god through men and they also had the part where they could give to god directly but we don't have that now we can only honor god through men Remember I told us when we were reading the uh, Deuteronomy that we should write some things down. The Levites, the stranger, uh, the poor, and then the household. We'll get to there very shortly. There's a lot we're going to look at tonight and I am sure that you're going to be blessed. Now, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. When you truly honor a person, you will show kindness and respect towards whatever that person respects. When you truly honor a person, you will show kindness and respect to whoever or whatever they respect. So, uh, if you respect a man, you will respect his dog. It's not because the dog has earned your respect. It is because the man has earned your respect. Okay, it's, it's because the man has earned your respect and the man has regard for his dog. So, you will respect the dog it doesn't matter if you like a man or not uh, if you like a man's wife rather or not if you really respect and honor the man you may not like his wife but you will not disrespect her i hope i am communicating so if you can disrespect a man's wife you don't truly honor him because if you honor somebody you will value and respect whatever that person values and respects okay so again if you are taking notes just write this down you cannot honor a man and disrespect what he respects if you truly honor a man you will show kindness towards anything that he respects and i asked us to write four things down levites strangers the widows and uh, widows and orphans or the poor and then our household now why is this important like i said last week the tithe was abolished in the new covenant but the principle behind it has not been abolished 
although the tithe as a system has been abolished under the new covenant. Uh, when I say abolished under a new covenant, I don't mean necessarily in practice, I mean as a doctrine. Remember I said last week, I believe in tithing to the degree that it is a personal conviction and a personal revelation, but I don't believe in it to the degree that it is a doctrine, because the New Testament does not teach it. And I'm going to show us what is doctrine in the New Testament, and it's going to be very clear, because Doctrine has to be clear. It's not open to interpretation. It has to be very, very clear. So if it is Rema, it is not doctrine. If it is a mystery, it is not doctrine. It's important. So uh, if God gave you a personal uh, revelation to pray for six hours every night, that's good. Great for you. But it's not doctrine because you cannot give me even one scripture to back that one. And doctrine, the Bible says that at the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So like I said, we honor God through men. Okay. Let's look at Matthew chapter 25 and then we'll just run from here. Let's take a look at something in Matthew chapter 25. From verse 31. Matthew 25 from verse 31. It's a long read. We'll read all the way to verse 41. It says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me to eat. Please take note of the words of Jesus, okay? I was hungry, take note, and you gave me to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. Please, are we following? I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothed you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did, for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine you did for me whatever you did okay whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine you did for me remember i told us we honor god through men okay so this is jesus speaking now he said whatever you did for any of these people you did for me so if you want to do something for christ how you do it is by doing it for somebody okay then he will say to those in his left okay you know what we don't have to read all of that part we know the story it's it's going to be the reverse and you say you didn't give me and you know you didn't do this for these people and so you didn't do it for me now what are you know where, where are we going to with this I told us to write the Levites, strangers, family, or households, and widows, orphans, and the poor. 
These were four uh, four of the of the categories that God particularly separated for the tithe and people that He wanted to be ministered to. Now the thing is, although the tithe is no longer a part of the institution, the principle behind it remains, and we're going to see it just now. Now the Levites in our days are. The ministers of the gospel, okay? The ministers of the gospel. So, uh, where, where you see Levites, you can just write ministers of the gospel, okay? And then strangers. And then when you see family, please, where you see family, I want you to write parents, and we'll get to that. And then uh, where you wrote widows and orphans, like I said, you know, I, I want you to write the poor. Now, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Showing honor towards ministers is telling God that you value what he has put inside them and that you respect those whom God has placed over you. This is important. To, I know this has been abused a lot. It has been abused a lot in the body of Christ. But it remains a very, very legitimate scriptural principle. The, the pastors and the, and, the, and the men of God we have today, you know, they, they don't have to depend on tithes, but God still expects us to take care of them. And that's why uh, Galatians chapter 6 and verse 6 says that uh, he that is taught in the word should communicate to the teacher in every good thing. In uh, 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 17 to 18, it says that uh, the elders that labor especially in the word and in doctrine should be considered worthy of double honor another translation says double salary let's look at it first uh, timothy chapter 5. first timothy chapter 5 verse 17. he says the elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor okay like i said some other translation says salary especially those who work in uh, who, whose work is preaching and teaching for the scripture says do not muzzle an ox while it is treading out the grain and the worker deserves his wages so men of God should be taken care of and if we do not take care of our men of God God is going to hold us responsible and that is the truth about it you know Kenneth Hagin once uh, pastored the church and because People had abused the whole prophet offering thing so much. He deliberately didn't speak about it for about two years that he was in that church. And when he left the church, God told him, you prevented my people from prospering because there is, there is a line of blessing that comes with honoring men of God. And you did not give these people that opportunity. And so you deprived them of the opportunity to be blessed. Uh, most of us are church people. We have heard a lot about giving to men of God. And so I'm not going to dwell on it too much, to be honest. I am not going to dwell on it. I don't think there's anything I want to say here about giving to men of God that you all haven't heard a thousand and one times. So I'm going to move to, to the next one, which is about giving to strangers. You see, hospitality has become a lost virtue in the body of Christ. Hospitality has become a lost virtue in the body of Christ. Uh, we treat, how do I put this? We remember Abraham and Lot in Genesis chapter 19. Abraham received the blessing and the promise of Isaac because he entertained strangers. The same thing with Lot. 
Lot saw these strangers and he ran to them and said, Come and stay in my house. Remember the scripture we read in Matthew chapter 25. Jesus talked about strangers. He said, I was a stranger and you took me in. You see, uh, I know we are in a dangerous world now. Okay? Okay? Yes. People have to be cautious and all of that. But we can still be kind and cautious at the same time. Okay? The, the fact that we have to be cautious doesn't mean we have to be cruel. We can be kind and cautious at the same time. But... Uh, it, it, and these things are not taught in the body of Christ again for obvious reasons. But you see, let's let's look at what, what Paul says in Hebrews chapter 13, shall we? Sorry, Hebrews chapter 13 from verse 2. He says, Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison. And those who are mistreated as if you yourselves have been you know are suffering and paul also talking to timothy talking about uh widows he said those that have been kind and those that have washed the feet of strangers okay so this is a very big deal even in the new covenant even in the new covenant okay we don't have a culture of literally washing the feet of people right now but we need to you know it's not a matter of whether Oh, you hope to entertain an angel without knowing it. No, it may just be a person. They may, they may never be. They may never be angels. They may always just be persons. Okay. Um, you know, there's this story. A couple in the U.S. saw a man across the street who was uh, he was crippled, or so it seemed, and he was struggling to cross the road. And this couple said, ah, come on, this man is struggling. Let's go and help him cross the road, okay? And then they went to help the man cross the road. And next thing, the man started talking to them. It turns out this man was an angel. And he was talking to them, and both of them were sobbing. And he came with a message from God for these people. Now, like I said, some of us may never meet angels like that. But now try to imagine if these guys had just looked at that man across the road, saw the man struggling, and said, I beg, everybody bear in Papa name. Now try to imagine, just try to imagine how many blessings people would have missed. Like people you saw on the streets or somewhere and you you just didn't care. And you, you, the truth is you'll never find out whether they were angels or not. You'll never find out. It's only when you actually minister to them that you may eventually find out that they are angels. But even if they are never angels, the Bible is very clear about how we should treat strangers. The Bible is very clear, and like I said, this is, an, this is a lost virtue in the body of Christ. I understand that people are trying to be cautious, but we can be kind and cautious at the same time. We don't have to be cruel because we have to be cautious. Okay, we move on because there are two things that I really want to come out right? and I'm getting to them. Number three, which is the first thing that I want to come out, is family. Remember I said family, and when I say family now, I want us to to um, focus on our parents you know recently I saw I, I, I'm sure a lot of us would have seen that post that says uh, if you if you've bought a car for your pastor and your parents don't have a car you are, you are a very <laughs> you know you're a very useless child and it sounds a bit harsh but it is actually true and it is scriptural and I'm going to show us scriptures 
You know, there are certain things that Jesus emphasized on. There are certain things that the body of Christ emphasized on. Unfortunately, we have stopped emphasizing on those things and we have focused on the ones that were not emphasized on. And we're going to see right now. Okay, we know Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 1 but we're, uh, and verse 2, but we're just going to read it. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 2. It says, uh, Honor your father and mother. Remember I said honor is not in words, it's in action. Okay, And most times when you see honor, it has to do with substance. It has to do with valuation. Okay, So it says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you, and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. You see, that there's, there's a particular category of blessing attached to honoring our parents. And I know a lot of people have the best of intentions. They want to buy their father a jet. They want to buy their mother a yacht. And it's a beautiful thing. But you see, a lot of persons have, have been deceived by the enemy to keep waiting for that big break to be a blessing to their parents. That their parents live an entire lifetime and they never bless their parents. And then at the end of the day, what they do is buy a very expensive casket. And who are you impressing with all of that? There is a blessing that is attached. Honoring your parents is honoring God. You are telling God that I respect your decision for sending me into this world through this people. I respect your infinite wisdom. Your parents may be broken. Your parents may be messed up. But God is all wise and he still sent you through that family. So even if your parents are broken, God still expects us to honor them. The Bible did not say honor your father and your mother if they are all right. The Bible did not say honor your father and your mother if they are born again. The Bible did not say honor your father and your mother if your father is not a drunk. No, it says honor your father and your mother. What your father and your mother decide to do with their lives is their problem. But this is not conditional. And don't let anybody tell you it's talking about spiritual father and mother. No, this is talking about your biological father and your mother. And if you don't have biological parents, it's talking about the people that are occupying that role as guardians in your life. Let's see what Jesus said about that. Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15 from verse 1. Please, if you have questions, feel free to... Um, Okay, Nena said, I have been taught that my spiritual parents are worthy of double honor compared to honoring my parents, and so I should do more for my spiritual parents. They said the spiritual supersedes the natural. Oh, wow. Okay, that is manipulative. We're going to read a very interesting scripture now. Please, everybody pay attention, okay? Take your Bibles. Read Matthew chapter 15 from verse, from verse 1. It says, Then some some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Jesus replied, And why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? Now hear what Jesus says. For God said, Honor your father and mother. And anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God, they are not to honor their father or mother with it. Thus, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. Okay, let me break this down. 
Jesus is saying that the Pharisees were teaching people that maybe you have a car that you are supposed to give to your parents. You now decide, oh, I'm giving this car to God. And Jesus is saying, this is wrong. Like, what you are supposed to give to your parents, if you give it to God, it is wrong. God, do oh God. God, not pastor yet, God. So nobody should manipulate anybody about that. There is the place for spiritual uh, spiritual mentors and fathers. There is a place for parents. There, there is a place for everybody. And nobody should take the place of anybody else. Just like uh, our, our parents will be wrong to tell us not to give to men of God. The same way men of God will be wrong to tell us not to give to our parents or to tell us what and what dimension to give to our parents. It's completely wrong. It's completely wrong. It's not scriptural. It's not scriptural at all. Jesus said, what is meant for your parents? Don't even give it to God. Give it to your parents. God is not interested in, in, in what, you know, what belongs to what belongs to our parents okay the bible says that give to caesar what belongs to caesar uh, the bible also says you know let honor be given to whom honor is due okay so um like i said earlier many of us are deceived by the thought and desire to do something really big but we need to start from where we are a lot of people don't give to their parents a lot of people not because they don't want to but you are just waiting. Ah, my parents have done so much for me. I want to buy my father a car. I want to buy my mother a house. I want to take them to Dubai. I want to take them to Singapore. I want to do this and I want to do that. Beautiful, great, fantastic. And God will bless you to be able to do that. But start from where you are. We are all going to live long, but we don't know how long we are going to live. Okay, let's not live a life of regrets. I, I, I've seen people many times, you know, lament about their parents, you know, when their parents pass away and say, ah, you know, I never really got to do anything for them. I was really planning on doing this really wonderful thing for them. And now this person is dead and that person is dead. God forbid that will not come near us. Okay, but the point is, we need to start from where we are. We need to start from where we are. If it is, if it is, I don't know if it is a pack of water you can buy for them buy a pack of water but it's very important for us to honor our parents and the last point that we are going to dwell on tonight is about giving to the poor you know I know a lot of churches and a lot of ministries do lots of charity work okay but this is not particularly taught in the body of Christ at the moment it's not it's not taught as a doctrine but this ought to be a doctrine and for most of us if we're going to be honest the only time that we engage in giving to the poor is when the church organizes an event and say oh, we are going for outreach or we are going to an orphanage or we are going to this but this is a fundamental doctrine of christianity and guess what even the efficiency of your fasting can be affected by this let me show us the scripture isaiah chapter 58 isaiah chapter 58 from verse 3 it says why have we fasted they say and you have not seen it why have we humbled ourselves 
and you have not noticed. Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked feasts. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only for people to humble themselves? It is only for bowing one's, is it only for bowing one's head like a reed? And for lying in a sackcloth and ashes, is that what you call a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and unite the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry, to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Can you see the tithe basically summarized here? Like the principle behind the tithe, can you see it summarized here? Just captured in, in this chapter. It says, is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? And God is saying that your tithe, or, or, or your rather your fast is not efficient, it's not working, because you have neglected all of these things. I, I want to, how many of us know Joel Osteen? Sorry, this I was supposed to say this earlier, but I just remembered now, and I'm going to say it anyway. How many of us know Joel Osteen? Uh, <laughs> Joel Osteen pastors the largest church in America. Okay? Now, I'm sure a lot of us have heard Joel Osteen preach. He doesn't preach fire, thunder, and brimstone. I've never seen anybody fall under the anointing in his ministry. I've never seen anybody walk out of wheelchairs in his ministry. But he has the largest congregation in America. And there is a secret behind it. And I'm going to share it with us. Kenneth Copeland said this. Apart from their heavy involvement with charities. There's something Joel Austin does. No, 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 sorry, not Joel Austin, John Austin, rather. There was something Joel Austin's dad, Joel Austin's dad, there was something Joel Austin's dad was doing, rather, before he passed on. Whenever people, uh, whenever I was offering time, whenever I was offering time in church, or people were giving their tithes, or giving any kind of seed, he would announce and say, you know, uh, how many of you listen to Brother Copeland this week? People raise their hands. How many of you listen to Brother Hagen? How many of you listen to Ora Roberts? How many of you listen to, you know, uh, T.L. Osborne? You say, okay, when you put your offering or you put your tithe or you put your seed, write on the envelope the percentage that you want to go to each of these ministries because I know I am not the only person investing into your spiritual life. So if these people have been a blessing to you, write a percentage you know, so maybe you are giving a hundred dollars. You can say, okay, uh, I want you to send ten percent to Kenneth Higgins Ministry. I want you to send ten percent to Lester Summerhouse Ministry, like that. And this was what the man practiced until he died. And so you see, his son now, basically, he's not preaching anything. I, I'm not trying to make light of his ministry at all. You know, but but when you when you when you see the level of result that he has. Um, it's not, and, and you look at the level of effort that he's putting, you know that there's something, there's, there's something else working for this man. This is the secret. Kenneth Copeland said this, that he received a check every week from the Austin ministry. 
and they say okay people gave offerings these people said we should give you this amount that it's crazy right and and i don't know how he got that revelation but it it sure worked Oh yes, absolutely. I know men of God don't like to hear that. They say, ah, you, if you break a seed, it won't. Your big man is asking, say, so it's okay to split your tithe and your offering. Look, um, there, there's no place in the scripture to back that up. Okay, so um, that I, I can't give you a scripture to back that up if it's okay to split your tithe and your offering. But like I said, this is what John Austin practiced, and it was a revelation to him. We cannot teach this as a doctrine. But it was a revelation to him and it worked for him and personally uh I, I am inspired by that revelation and it's something that i would want to practice in my own ministry yet but mind you it wasn't the the, the giver that was sending it to those ministries it was the austin ministries that was you know, distributing it to to all of those people and yes nina you're right uh giving to the poor is a fundamental doctrine in christianity but we make such a big deal about it you know documenting and publicizing it to get the applause of men and jesus talked about this he said when you do your alms he didn't say if you give to the poor he said when you give to the poor don't do it like the pharisees blowing your trumpets and this is another problem i think we should read that scripture okay let's read that scripture matthew chapter 6 from verse 1 to 4 Please, I want this to sink in. I, I, I really want this to sink in because it's a lost. Um, a lot of ministries are doing it right now for sure. I know of a particular ministry, the pastor sent that he frees some money and that he frees returned the money. Or that he frees said he wasn't interested in the money. And then the guy now started, you know, buying trailer of rice during this covid lockdown and sharing to people and sending the pictures to daddy freeze i don't know it, it looked like daddy freeze tormented men of god so much that that a lot of them are now trying to be friends with him so he doesn't come after them anymore but anyway jesus said in matthew chapter 6 from verse 1 be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them if you do you will have no reward from your father in heaven so when you give to the needy do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others truly i tell you they have received their reward in full that honor of men you have received your reward in full that's what jesus said but when you give to the needy do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing of course we know that this is figurative okay so that your giving may be in secret then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you in the open and this is very important people go somebody posted one time uh you know on on facebook that anytime he gives to people now he's going to take cameras and and snap them so that when those people come tomorrow and say you've never helped me he'll show them the pictures i'm like is this why you give so that you can have bragging rights is this the purpose of giving for bragging rights you know, people people are doing charity for so many other reasons apart from why god said we should do charity god wants us to do charity to help people keep the cameras at home keep the cameras at home if you are doing it just for ministry documentary purposes that's fine but you know it's already humiliating that these people are in such a dire situation then you humiliate them further by documenting it and putting it out there so that everybody knows ah these people are poor 
if not that we give them food, they would not have had something to eat. This is not Christ-like. This is not Christ-like. Okay, so um, we, we we have just like just like Jesus said that we have made the word of God of no effect because of our traditions. We are we are trying to add magi and pepper and salt to what God has said. But this is very 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 clear. Let's look at more that Jesus said about almsgiving. Luke chapter twelve and verse thirty-two. Luke chapter 12 and verse 32. Jesus said, Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no more destroys. Can, can you see how many times Jesus talked about giving to the poor? Oh, I was going to that scripture. Thank you, Chogu, for bringing it up. Okay, it says, who who is gracious and lends a hand to the poor, lends to the Lord, and the Lord will repay him for his good deeds. That's Proverbs 19, uh, 19 17. It says, he that, he that giveth to the poor, lendeth to the Lord, and the Lord will pay him back. I'm going to show us another interesting scripture. Uh, let's look at, uh, before we go back to the things Jesus said, let's, let's look at Psalm 41. Let's look at Psalm 41. I don't know how we missed it in this area, sincerely, but uh, this is for for those of us that have been wondering why why non-tithers still get blessed. This is it. The Bill Gates Foundation pumps billions of dollars annually into Africa. All of the celebrities that you despise, all of them that you despise, they have charities and they have foundations, and they are trying to help people. And God honors principles these people are applying these principles they may not be carrying a 10 percent going to give a man of god and say behold my tithe but they are practicing the principle behind it and god is blessing them but we are busy giving 10 percent in church because we are either afraid of the devourer or we think i don't know that is what is going to make god bless us or for whatever reasons a lot of us give tithes for, that's for those that don't have a personal conviction and revelation about it. I am not against giving tithes as long as you have a personal conviction and revelation about it. Okay, don't give tithes out of fear. Okay, I am against that. Don't give tithes out of fear. But you see, this is the principle that, that the people in the world practice. Look at them. Look at every celebrity. There's something they have in common. They are all very generous when it comes to giving to the poor. Now let's look at Psalm 41. It says, "Blessed are those." Uh, let, let me read from. Uh, let me read from. From from the New Living Translation. It says, "All oh, the joys of those who are kind to the poor. The Lord rescues them when they are in trouble. The Lord protects them and keeps them alive." So you see, protection, longevity. Okay. It says. Uh, he gives them prosperity in the land and rescues them from their enemies. The Lord nurses them when they are sick and restores them to health. Can you see the, the, the amount of blessings? Just why? Just why? Because you are kind to the poor. You know? Just because you are kind to the poor. All of these blessings, protection, longevity, divine health, prosperity all of these things just because you are kind to the poor he didn't say 
uh, and if you tithe. No, all of these blessings are yours if you are kind to the poor. Mark chapter 10 from verse 17. It says, as Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down and asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and mother. Teach, teacher, the man replied, I have obeyed all these things, all these commandments since I was young. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. There is still one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. And this man's face fell and he went away sad for he had many possessions. Can, can we see Jesus repeatedly, repeatedly talking about, you know, giving to the poor, giving to the poor, giving to the poor, giving to the poor. There's a man in Acts chapter 10, because of time we may not be able to you know read all the scriptures in Acts chapter 10 a man called Cornelius Cornelius would be the first Gentile to receive the Holy Ghost oh no not 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 yeah he'll be the first Gentile to receive the Holy Ghost yes Acts chapter 8 was in Samaria the Samaritans were were still Israelis okay Cornelius would be the first Gentile to receive the Holy Ghost you see and when the angel appeared to Cornelius he told Cornelius that your prayers and your alms have come before God as a memorial. Maybe we should just read that part. Okay? Acts chapter 10. Okay? Acts chapter 10 from verse 4. It says, Cornelius stared at him in terror. That's the angel. What is it, sir? He asked the angel. And the angel replied, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Can you see how powerful this is? Your prayers and gift to the poor has been received by God as an offering. Remember I told us that right now we can't give to God directly. The only way we can give to God is through men. And one of the ways, one of the offerings that God really appreciates is the ones that we give through the poor. And an angel appeared to him and said send for peter and he'll tell you what to do that was how much god valued what this man did and in in acts chapter i think acts chapter 9 there was a woman called dorcas or tabitha i'm sure we know her story she died she, she was ill and she died what happened people came and and started bringing all the things that you know and and they told peter look at what this woman did for us and the anointing came on peter automatically and that woman came back to life. So this is an untapped, uh, what, what word do I use? We need, to, we need to do this more. We need to do this more. You will be amazed how blessed your life will become. <laughs> okay, somebody said nowadays people, uh, blessed in the KJMS said nowadays people seem to frown at giving to the poor because it is always wrongly assumed that they became poor out of laziness or a careless lifestyle. Well, the truth is, it's not our business whether they became poor out of carelessness or out of it. You know, it's not our business. The Bible did not say give to the poor if they are hardworking. The Bible did not say give to the poor 
if they are of your religion you know i, I know another I, I, another uh excuse people use now is that they say our majority people they, they 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 if you give them money they will take your destiny if if anybody can take your destiny you are not born again the bible says for your life is hid with Christ in God, how can our Marjorie take your destiny? That's nonsense. But we just keep making excuses not to do the things that God said we should do. And these excuses are of the devil. Satan is trying to rob us. That's the truth. But you can see, when it comes to tithe, no excuses. But when it comes to giving to the poor, excuses. When it comes to giving to our parents, excuses. Can you, can you see? You know, there, there are so many other scriptures here, but, you know, we won't be able to, to read them because of time. But let, let me share some things with us. Benny Hinn, at some point in his life and his ministry, he became very, very, very busy. Like, there, there are a group of orphans that he takes care of. And, they, you know, they're on scholarship and, and all of that. He, takes, he, he really takes care of them. Several of them, I think maybe hundreds or thousands of them. I'm not sure the number. And at some point, he became really busy, ministry, doing crusades. There was a time when he was doing crusades like two, three days, like like three, four crusades in a week, you know, and he became really busy. And his finances, not just his finances, his finances began to nosedive, okay? And then the, the miracles in his ministry also began to reduce. And then he, of course, naturally went and, and began to ask God that, okay, God, what's going on? Uh, what's happening? My finances are, you know, are suffering, and 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 the miracles they are not like before. And God said, these people that you were taking care of before, you reduced your commitment to them, and this is what has affected you. So, in other words, there was an anointing that Benihin was enjoying that was a product of his commitment to these helpless people. We must not underestimate this. Personally, I am I'm stepping up my game in this in this department. You know, I'm I'm, step, I'm totally stepping up my game. You know, people have preachers have tried to confuse us. You know, sow seed on good ground, sow seed on good ground. The quality of your seed de determines the quality of your harvest. And even when we give to the poor, we need to do it with respect. You see, because the quality of your seed determines the quality of your harvest. If you have clothes that you have not been using and you want to give to the poor, wash them. Don't give them with mildew and the clothes smelling camphor and all of that stuff. Wash the clothes, have them ironed and present it in an honorable manner. We don't have to dishonor these people and we don't have to treat them like they are lesser human beings simply because we, we have more than them. If you want to give them food, package it properly. Don't give to somebody what you will not receive. This is very important. Kenneth Copeland wanted to give out a jet one time and he went and 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 had everything you know refurbished it changed the tires changed this thing and jerry savel was like why are you doing this you are giving it away and kenneth copeland said because the quality of my seed determines the quality of my harvest if i sow a good jet i will get a good jet if i sow a rickety jet i will get a rickety jet I just said I have missed paying tithe in church a couple of months because of overwhelming financial demands. I keep believing I could pay back but can't. I feel bad each time I reflect but don't even remember how much I made those months. Please, what should I do? Okay, um, ID, uh, you don't have to do anything. You just have to move on. And if you, if you, uh, if you are a committed tither, 
you know you don't have to feel bad about it just continue from where you stopped okay just continue from where you stopped there's no areas with god all right i know people preach that but there's no there's no areas with god just continue from where you stopped okay just continue from where you stopped you don't have to to start trying to figure out everything that you have earned all the time that you, you know it's it's not scriptural okay it's it's important i hope i hope i hope we are clear on that id id did i did i answer your question please and please try and get my uh my teaching from last week <laughs> i'm glad i'm glad you feel relieved i'm glad to hear that let's read two more scriptures as we wrap up first john chapter 3 First John. Oh no, no. First, let's read John chapter 13. Sorry. John chapter 13 and verse 27. John 13, 27. When Judas had eaten the bread, Satan entered into him. Then Jesus told him, Hurry and do what you are going to do. None of the others at the table knew what Jesus meant, since Judas was their treasurer. Some thought Jesus was telling him to go and pay for the food or to give some money to the poor. Okay, so this shows that even Jesus had a tradition of giving to the poor. When he told Judas, what thou doest, do it quickly. The disciples thought, okay, maybe he's going to buy something or maybe he's going to give some money to the poor. So it shows now, what I'm trying to establish here is Jesus talked about this several times more than he talked about any other kind of giving. So this is something we should take seriously. Okay, and then Jesus also had a culture of giving personally. He wasn't just talking it. This scripture is trying to make us understand that when Jesus told Judas, what thou doest, do it quickly, the disciples believed that he had asked Judas to give some money to the poor because this was part of his routine. Okay, Mr. Malara is asking, when we talk about the poor, how about our immediate family that I need? We may be doing this that does not allow us to give to strangers. Um, well, the, the thing is this, the needs of our family are usually different from the needs of strangers. Let me give an example. A family member, say a cousin, a nephew, a niece, something, might need school fees. And that school fees may be running into thousands of dollars. Okay, that need is on another level. But the other guy that is sitting in front of KFC and looking for something to eat, he just needs a, a meal. He just needs a meal. The guy sitting in front of McDonald's just needs a Big Mac. That's all. How, how much is it going to cost? You know, so so needs are needs are actually in levels. Okay, the, we we never actually come to a point where we don't have something to give. Remember the the the, the parable in Matthew chapter twenty five. Jesus said to whom, uh, 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 to to the the one that has more more will be given to that person and he that does not have even that which he has will be taken so in your state of not having there's something you still have that can be taken so we never really get to a point where we don't have anything to give at all yes of course the poor are always with us okay <laughs> the poor are always with us but you see so the, the needs are relative the needs are very very relative we cannot feed every poor person we cannot we cannot help everybody that is in need that's the truth. We, uh, I mean, nobody, nobody really has that capacity, and nobody has that calling. Okay, 
but as much as it's within our power what i'm what i'm trying to teach here is i am not saying go out there and then make every poor person on the streets your responsibility i am saying that when we see poor people as much as it's within our power let us not ignore them okay mrs Lara, i hope i answered that question big man is saying i thought there is a scripture that says if someone didn't pay his previous tithe and to pay a new tithe he should pay the outstanding before paying the current one i'm not sure of this scripture though but i think i heard about it well i heard about it too but um i have combed every scripture on tithing and i didn't see this the only part that talked about that one fifth is when you are redeeming your tithe that is the scripture that people have misinterpreted to say when you missed your tithe and you are redeeming your tithe but when it said when it said redeem your tithe there it's actually talking about uh tithing was supposed to be done in substance in in in, in agricultural produce so if you wanted to buy it back and give the money equivalent then you had to add 20 percent of the value to the value of of what you've bought okay chogu said if we realize that we are all created in the image and likeness of god and thus everyone we meet have the god factor in them we will treat them better irrespective of irrespective of status that's true and realizing that it's a privilege to lend to god by the singular act of giving to the poor we will not despise them that is that is so true and i i think i have showed us enough scriptures to let us understand that every giving we do to the poor is actually going straight to god michael said the jewish phenomenon says it all you can only get as much as you are willing to give <laughs> that is true okay joe is saying how about cases where you give to the needy then you notice they make it your responsibility to give to them whenever they see you i have such issues with lagos beggars in such case do i avoid starting the process no you don't avoid starting the process you just avoid continuing the process okay you, you can only give what you have all right uh yes people are people are who they are people are opportunistic that's just the truth people are opportunistic um you can't you can't kill yourself okay you can only do the the bit you can do but we should not stop doing good because some persons are abusing it just do what you can do and god sees your heart okay do it as unto god and god sees your heart he knows your capacity he knows what you can do you are not doing it to impress the beggars you are doing it to please god oh exactly and a slice of bread from your loaf of bread might be someone's meal for the day you know in this period we've heard of people that have gone days without eating it's amazing in in this abuja going for days without a meal and it's crazy people are throwing food away you'll be if you go out there and see the amount of hunger it will humble you and i think it will help all of us to really appreciate what we have and what god has done for us but this is a culture that we need to take very very seriously now let's see uh james chapter 1 and verse 27 i think that will be the final scripture for tonight for the night except uh, a question uh prompts me to, to read one. james chapter 1 and verse 27 <clears throat> It says pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you.
that that is what God considers to be pure religion, caring for orphans and widows. In other words, the less privileged, the poor. This is so when, when you look at the scriptures, when you, when you want a doctrine, this is a doctrine. Jesus spoke about it. Jesus practiced it. The apostles spoke about it. The apostles practiced it. Okay, it, it, it cannot be any clearer than this. Alms giving is a doctrine in the body of Christ. And it's, it's the principle behind the tithing that is behind alms giving. Because the principle behind the tithing was so that the Levites could feed and we dealt with that when we talked about giving to ministers and so that the strangers could feed and so that your family could feed and we talked about when we talked about honoring your parents and then so that those that uh orphans and widows and those that that don't have can eat because god wants a system where everybody can you know can can benefit and sometimes we put all of this burden on the church and like uh, let, let the church go and do outreaches let well, how many people even if the church uses all its tithes and its offerings it cannot reach everybody and this is why each and every one of us need to do the little that we can do start from the security man at your gate start from the cleaner in your compound start from those people those people that you see around you those people that do all of these chores that an average security man in abuja here earns fifteen thousand naira a month fifteen thousand naira what can you do with fifteen thousand naira and this is somebody's salary and some of them have families and they have to pay house rent you know so let's let's reach out they don't have to be beggars they don't have to be you know wearing rags but we know people around us that we can obviously put a smile on their face by just give them 200 and say get a drink with this it's such a blessing to them so we don't need to think of ah i need to host a party and feed 1000 people no god will bless us we will get to that point but just like our parents we have to start from where we are same way with giving to the needy we have to start from where we are michael said that is what separates the developed world from the developing world they have a system where uh halves give to have nots do you know that government pays you back your gifts and tithes to the church and charities oh wow interesting that's that's very interesting please does anybody have any question look there's no excuse not to give to the poor say our majoris uh, they put them on the streets so that they can milk people's money it's not your business look you can give somebody money and help somebody and you realize that the person was coming you and the person was not really blind the person was faking to be blind it's not your business it's not in your place to investigate what you saw was poverty and you decided to help if the person decided to be a a a, a, a scammer that's their business and that is why some people will never prosper but on our own part we need to make sure that we are not found wanting this is very important to god and remember what we saw in about cornelius it says your prayers and your alms giving has been received as an offering so when we give to the poor god receives it as an offering i showed us from isaiah chapter 58 that even our fasting okay even our fasting the efficiency of our fasting is connected to how we treat the poor so while we are living large and wearing the expensive colognes you know 
some, some, some people have clothes in their wardrobes that have been there for years and they know they are never going to use them but they just can't bring themselves to let it go or to letting it go some 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 people are that you know and then they'll come with different i ah, know something that has touched my body someone else must never use it they can use it to do charm no they can't they cannot Let, let's stop making excuses why why you know why <laughs> why we why we should not help people uh okay so Malara said the charity that the celebrities do also help with their tax. Okay, that that's a good thing. It, uh, I I think I think it's even a good thing to see that even the world system recognizes and tries to reward people for contributing to charities, because really some of them may be doing it for the wrong reasons. But it shows that even the world system tries to encourage and recognize people and reward people for 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 uh for giving to charities okay uh so they, their reasons may be right their reasons may be wrong they may be doing it out of love they may be doing it because they want to uh uh you know take advantage of the system that is their problem but we need to do it for the right reasons and we should do it because we want to honor god ha Okay, ID is saying our church youth president have always wanted me to bring my tithe to youth fellowship instead of main church. Oh God. I prefer paying tithe to main church and basically don't see him as my shepherd or deserving my tithe. Am I wrong turning down his request? No, uh, you, you take your tithe to wherever you, you believe that your, uh, whoever you believe your priest is, okay? Uh, that's where you should take your tithes to. You shouldn't take your tithes to who wants it. You should take your tithes to where you want to take it. So tell your your church youth president to calm down. Besides, it's the same church. So why is he dragging the tithes? You know, but again, these, these are some of the problems with, with tithing. There are just so many things, so many uncertainties, so many confusions. Should I tithe my salary? Should I tithe my gifts? Should I tithe, you know? a contract should i tithe this should i tithe that you know uh th there's just so much confusion around it because it's not taught in the new testament and we cannot practice it the way the jews practiced it because we don't have the system to accommodate that otherwise we'll be tithing yam and potatoes and tomatoes and, and oranges that's what we'll be tithing because the bible never said tithe money so you see it's it's convoluted it's it's completely confusing and that's why I said, if, if you have seen it as a personal revelation, go for it. Go for it, okay? That is a revelation. That is not a doctrine. But this, this right here is a doctrine. Honoring your parents, honoring your men of God, taking care of strangers, giving to the poor. This is a doctrine. And remember the scripture already in Matthew chapter 25. God is going to hold us accountable. He is going to reward people for doing these things. And he is going to punish people for not doing these things. It shows how important it is to him. Is someone blessed tonight? <laughs> okay, Mrs. Amalara, why do so? Uh, you're asking why some ministers ask for tithes during conferences and not regular church services. Uh, Ma, the truth is, again, let me just say this again. 
there is no place in the new testament where we are commanded to tithe okay and the system has been rigged and manipulated and it's been used by many not all but it's been used by many to uh to to meet selfish ends and i, I think i'll just recommend you listen to my teaching uh from last week because i think i i actually dealt with it quite comprehensively so please just listen to my teaching from last week and then you know what I did in that teaching was spell out the facts. I didn't try to make decisions for anybody. I just put the facts out there. So you make your mind up on what you want to do. So if you decide you want to tithe, it's your decision. Decide where you pay your tithe. Decide when you pay your tithe. Decide who you pay your tithe to. It's your decision, okay? You are honoring God. Decide through which vessel you want to do it. So if you decide you want to use your tithe to feed the poor, go ahead. If you decide you want to use your tithe to, you know, Bless the man of God. Go ahead. If you decide you want to use your tithe to, I don't know. But it's in your hands. And like I said, you know, just listen to last week's teaching and it breaks everything down quite nicely. Um, I, did th I, I thank God that you have been blessed. I, I hope everybody else here has been blessed. Okay, big man said, I've heard a case where a lady gave a beggar money and the beggar used the money which haunted the lady and things went bad for her. So during her deliverance, because of her predicament was revealed. Do you think this woman will give to a beggar again? Okay, well, she may not give to a beggar again, but there are other poor people that are not beggars, okay? So when we say poor, I don't want us to think those people sitting down by the street. Like I said, it can be your security man. It can be the woman coming to clean your compound. It can be, you know, they are all over, you know, like, like Ms. Omalara said, Jesus said the poor we will always have with us. Okay, so there are poor people everywhere. So if you don't feel free giving to poor strangers, look for familiar poor people that you know but make sure you are helping the poor it can be in your church there are poor people everywhere there are poor people everywhere can be in your church can be your school can be in your where, where you live there are poor people everywhere so if you are if you if you if you are not comfortable giving to random poor people because you think they might use it against you i know nobody can use anything against you okay nobody can but then not everybody is where I am, okay? So I, I can understand that. So if you are not comfortable with that, then look for a, a more secure environment. Find an orphanage. You know, do something. They are, they are everywhere. There are so many options for poor people, all right? Yes, we should trust our instincts. I'm, I'm glad some of us have been looking into... Okay, let me let me end with this. Last last week, was it last week or over the weekend? I can't remember. I had a, I had a little chat with, with an old friend on my Facebook and a lot of christians came and were saying one or two things against him now this is somebody that i know he's a friend of mine we were in school together we were roommates for a year we served god together we loved god together this guy came from a muslim background his name is abu bakar abdullah he came from a muslim background because he realized that there were so many lies in islam and then he came into christianity and then over time he realized that christianity was not necessarily more sincere and so right now he doesn't have a religion this guy has read the quran through and through he has read the bible through and through he knows the bible better than most christians out there insulting him and he believes the bible is a scam and he has good reasons and i will show us reasons why atheists and muslims and anybody out there believes that the bible is a scam uh, and there are good reasons, but let's just meet next week Please when you come next week get at least three get get at least three Translations of the Bible maybe on your phone 
uh, King James NIV New Living Translation. That that will help. We will look at some really really delicate things. Like I said, if we don't address these things in the church, this is why a lot of Nigerian youths go abroad and they become atheists. I was talking with an old friend again just two days ago, and he told me he was done with religion. He's in Canada now. He's a very smart guy. And he started saying certain things. And I really could not blame him. It's easy for us to judge them and say, ah, they never knew God. They never loved God. But just calm down. We'll look at this thing next week. And then we will begin to, by the time we're done next week, you you handle these cases with more compassion than judgment. Because they actually have very good reasons. So, um, yes, I... I'm a Christian, okay? I've not lost my faith. So just have that at the back of your mind. When I start saying some things next week, don't think that, ah, it seems this guy has been turned. No, I'm still a Christian. And I will continue to be a Christian. Okay, so thank you so much, everybody. Uh, one more time for being a part of this Bible study tonight. Please give to the poor. Please give to your parents. Please be nice to strangers. Please give to your men of God. These are the fundamental principles the tithe and you cannot go wrong practicing this okay take the excuses out of the way give to your parents it doesn't matter even if it's recharge card send to them but make sure something is leaving you to your parents make sure something is leaving you to your man of god make sure something is leaving you to the poor make sure that as much as possible you are kind to strangers these things are important to God. On your own, read Matthew chapter 25 from verse 31 again and see how much these things matter to Jesus. 